Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. From Jordan Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the Recruiting Trail. And all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcel. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's Iron Bowl week. You all know that. It's Thanksgiving week, so... It's always kind of a weird week. Um, I'm sure from a fan perspective, but sports writer perspective, and also just everybody involved with this week, I guess. Because once like Wednesday hits on the calendar, like everybody checks out. (laughs) I mean, the fans kind of check out. You guys like stop reading articles, I've noticed. You kind of slow down your intake of news and you spend time with family. And then once you just wait till the game on Saturday for the Iron Bowl. Um, It's like... Not everybody unplugs, I guess, but it's it's like the closest we get to seeing people unplug. Because even on Christmas Day, a lot of people are reading stuff. But I've noticed over the past few years, it's weird. On Wednesdays or Thanksgiving week for the Iron Bowl, people start checking out a little bit. It's almost like they don't want to <laughs> deal with the rivalry and, and their brain explode, I guess, um, at the end of the season. Anyway, I say that to say this. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're listening on your drive to grandma's house or your parents' house or uh, family, friends, wherever you're going. Or, you know, you're just listening at home and you're just relaxed. I hope you get to spend Thanksgiving with people you love or people who care about you. I'm sure there's someone out there that cares for you. If not, happy Thanksgiving from me. Might not mean anything from me, a, a disjointed voice, but hey, um, no, a lot of pe- a lot of people. I, we don't talk about this a lot. I, I, I'm going off a little tangent here. A lot of people. This is a lonely time for people that don't have families and everything. And I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you. If you're listening, tweet me, man or or lady. Uh, tweet me. Um, just talk to me. Talk to anyone. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to talk. Um, I'll be on my phone all day Thanksgiving myself. Um, do a little work, but also I, I can't stay off my phone. I'm always texting and, uh, Twittering. So anyway, if you're just, don't be afraid to reach out to someone if you feel lonely this Thanksgiving, cause I've been there. I have definitely been there. I've been, I've had Thanksgivings alone by myself where I'm literally sitting in an apartment by myself. I sat in an apartment once <laughs> on Thanksgiving day, freezing cold, um, in my apartment that I was moving out of and the, uh, the, uh, the door knob was, had been taken out, was broken or something. Something happened while I was gone. And so the landlord people, they couldn't fix it cause it was Thanksgiving. And so I had to like stuff a sock <laughs> into the hole to, to so the cold air wouldn't get in but it's still cold air still came in and uh and uh i didn't have any family or any friends to hang out with 
and I've never really had a lot of friends, you know, surprise, surprise, but, um, you know, I didn't have any family to hang out with. So I, I, I just sat in a furnitureless, uh, uh, living room. I just sat there on Thanksgiving day. I think at one point I got in my car and just drove around so I'd have something to do. And then I went to black Friday by myself and didn't buy anything, but I walked around, uh, to just see people <laughs> anyway. Um, what I'm saying is this, everybody has those moments. So if you're feeling lonely this, this week, someone out there is willing to talk to you. I'm willing to talk to you. Um, don't be afraid to reach out, uh, reach out to anybody. Um, and, and that's, I say that to say this, it's one of the reasons why, uh, every year, at least we try to, we do like a Friendsgiving thing at our house, um, uh, to divide beat writers, uh, on the Auburn beat to our house. Uh, because a lot of them can't leave town um, to go see family or whatever. A lot of them aren't from the state of Alabama. And so we would hold that here and have people here. We weren't able to do it last year because Bay Boy was really little. And uh, we were going to do it this year. But uh, the good thing is for practically everybody, um, we still have a f- couple friends coming over. But uh, practically everybody's going to be out of town seeing family and friends. So I- I'm glad. I'm glad, glad for that. Kind of sad that we're not going to have our typical big gathering for Friendsgiving, but, um, um, it's been Auburn tradition dating way past beyond me. Uh, Mike Savetitz, who used to be the sports editor at the Opelika Auburn news, uh, did it for like seven years or so before he left. And we've done it, I think four of the last five years or five of the last six, something like, uh, something like that. And, um, but it doesn't look like we're gonna have that many people here this year, which is a good and bad thing. Um, but anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, I'll probably put a notice on this, like, hey, skip the first five minutes if you don't want to hear me ramble. But anyway, um, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, um, enjoy yourself. And if, if, if anything, like, treat yourself. Just just take the day off. Get away from work if you can. So anyway, okay, <laughs> let's talk Auburn football and the Iron Bowl. Um, this, this episode, I'm just going to answer your questions, guys. Um... And we did this last week. We did it the week before. It's really popular. In fact, our most popular podcasts have been just us or myself uh, answering your questions. And why not do that than me just ramble here and talk about what I think by presenting my own questions in my own head? You guys have better questions than me. So why not? Why not? I'll try to answer your questions. And if you agree with it, great. If you don't, great. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to start. I went on Twitter, asked for your questions. We're going to start with the infamous drunk Gobby. <laughs> he, she, he slash she is Obby a boy or girl. Have we ever figured that out? I'm sure that's like, there's an official designation, right? That Auburn has because they treat Obby like it's a sentient being. They don't treat Obby like, uh, he, she is, uh, um, you know, a mascot with a removable head. You guys know that whole story, right? Where like when college game day comes, they won't allow them to put on Obby's head because they want to treat Obby like a Disney character, like it's a sentient being. Anyway, Drunk Obby asks, have you ever tried to actually iron a bowl? Um, I think if you try to iron a bowl, it would just be a plate, wouldn't it? So why don't they, is there, is there a rivalry for the iron plate? There has to be somewhere, right? I'm sure there is. I'm going to have to Google that. I'm going to Google that. Iron plate. 
College football. <laughs> the Iron Plate. Let's see. Nope. Though, um, the first thing that comes up is Auburn fans troll Alabama with license plates about the kick six. Um, so I guess the iron plate is if you have an iron bowl license plate. <laughs> yeah, that's not funny. Okay, next question is from Jared Sinsky. Yes, will we see Anthony Schwartz on slants to utilize his speed after the catch? Or is Seth Williams the only dude we're going to see run it consistently? You know... Um, just be glad Auburn's running more slants. I, I saw a great stat from SEC StatCat about uh, from the Georgia game where I think they targeted eight slant routes uh, against Georgia. And like going into that game, they had something like maybe 12 the entire season. So obviously Auburn's implementing more into the passing game. And not necessarily saying that they haven't run slants before, but I'm with you. You gotta, you gotta get some speed out there too. Eli Stove's fine, and the things they've been doing with him, even even Will Hastings, um, but you can't make Seth Williams like your every man. Every, I mean, obviously Bo Nix is very comfortable with Seth Williams as he should be. Seth Williams is probably going to be an All SEC, all maybe an All American before his uh, career here is done. Uh, I'll say that right now. He might be an All American. Um, next year. Um, but you know, you can't be targeting Seth Williams like 10 times and a half, unless you're just like, you know, burning past people over and over and over again. Um, you got to spread it out a little bit. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, will we see it? I, I don't know, Jared. I haven't heard anything from the coaches or people close to the program about that. And I'm recording this before we speak to Gus Mouse on, on a Tuesday. So, um, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I'd like to see that. Got to utilize that speed. Uh, Danny asks, how does Alabama, or excuse me, let me start this over. How does having a Tua-less Alabama impact Auburn's defensive game plans? And how many points do you think we will need to get a win? Um, I think Alabama's not going to throw as much. Um, they showed that last week. Um, I think Auburn's defensive plan, I don't think it changes much. Um, some people would say, hey, maybe Auburn could play more s safely and not take as many chances. And that's quite possible. Um, you know, Auburn might be able to utilize stuff where they're just bringing three or four for, on the pass rush, um, which has worked wonders. I mean, Auburn's defense has been fantastic this season. We just did – everybody's doing stories on whether this is the best defense in Auburn history, in modern Auburn history. Um, and we just did one at Auburn Undercover – asking members of the 1988 defense if they think this 2019 defense is better than them. Go read that, by the way. Self-plug um, for VIP members. But um, I don't think you have to be exotic against this Alabama offense, even though this Alabama offense – I mean, here's the thing people forget. I know Tua, Tua is out, and he's a fantastic quarterback, was going to be in the Heisman race um, if he didn't get hurt. He wasn't going to win it, but he was, he was in it. Um, Mac Jones is pretty good. Mac Jones is pretty good too. So uh, Alabama's got big running backs. They've got a great offensive line and Alabama's still second nationally in scoring. And so if Auburn wants to win this game, you mentioned points. I, I think Auburn's got to score four touchdowns. They have to score 28 to win this one. Um, I think Al Alabama coming into this, uh, I don't know what their streak is of 30-point games, but, the, you know, no one's holding them under 30 points, really. So 
Auburn hasn't allowed a single opponent to score more than 23 points this year. If they hold Alabama to under 24 points this week, um, I like Auburn's chances. I said the same thing about Georgia, but I'll say it again this week. Auburn's offense has got to find a way, though. They just got to do it. You know, you know, they've got to figure it out. Uh, Carl von Drunker, <laughs> okay, ask: Is Auburn moving toward a more pass-heavy offense? Even versus Sanford in a cold rain, the offense threw a lot. Easily could have run the ball with six backs and won the game. Uh, they ran, yeah, you know, I the, the, listen. Yes, I think so, and and they have to if Auburn's going to have success in the future with this quarterback until they get like an elite running back and an above average offensive line and run blocking. They're going to have to throw the ball more. Auburn's offensive line is pretty good pass protection. It's, it's actually pretty good. That's, I mean, as much as everybody's dogging the offensive line and everybody knows I've dogged them too. The pass protection is pretty good by that offensive line. I've been impressed by it. So why, why aren't, why isn't Auburn throwing it more? Well, they've been throwing it more here these last few weeks. And I think they'll do the same against Alabama. Um, I think you'll see that more moving forward. And we say moving forward. I know a lot of these questions are like forward-looking, but, man, there's only two games left this season, guys. Can you believe that? The, the season finale, and then you got to wait another month till the bowl game. It's going to be a long time. God, I think football's going to be away again. I, 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 Man, I love basketball. You know that, guys. I love basketball. But, man, when football, like, leaves the schedule, I just get like, man, I miss it. I miss it so much. Basketball seems to, like, come and go, like, quickly. Um, I mean, as far as, like, it's done and then it comes back faster for some reason to me, even though the break, I mean, the break's shorter, but you know what I mean, obviously. I mean, the break's shorter, so it doesn't feel as long because it isn't as long. But, man, that long wait from January to August till there's actual football games in late August, and August is always the worst sitting there waiting. I, I just, oh, I love football. I love it. Okay. <laughs> On to the next question. Uh, man, this podcast is really off the rails. Auburn Memes ask, do the coaches say yes, sir, to Cord Sandberg because he's their elder and all? <laughs> uh, Cord, uh, I believe, is only 24, right? And, and I know a lot of people have been asking, like, is he married or is he engaged? I don't know. I know he was engaged. I don't know if he got married. Uh, <laughs> it's bad that I don't know that. Um, do, do, do. No, they're married. Yeah, they got married in February. How did I not know that? Wait, hold on. Wait. Wait. Yeah, February. Man, that's how far behind I am. I was all over the Jarrett Stidham wedding. As you guys know, uh, I guess I went on the Court Sandberg wedding. Court had a good game. But no, they don't call him yes, sir. He is older. He's 24. And he's married. Uh, Mark Ayers asks, Honk if you sack Brody. <laughs> um, I, if you guys, if anybody out there still has a bumper sticker of that, I'd like to see it. Take a picture of it and send it to me on Twitter. Obviously, I wasn't covering Auburn at the time, but I've, I've seen the stickers. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to remember who showed me one. Someone had one in their office. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway. 
Andy Ackerman asks, I know Gus won't be fired. You do know? You know that for certain? Can I, can I quote you? Um, <laughs> but how bad will things get if he loses to a backup quarterback at home? Um, Andy, I mean, think of it this way. Listen, Alabama's still, what, number five in the nation, number six? Um, and we're doing this before the college football playoff rankings come out, which is what really matters. A team's not necessarily just the quarterback, especially Alabama with the way they play offense and defense. Um, they pride themselves in secondary, in the secondary on defense. And offensively, they have developed so many weapons and recruited so many players that they can run the ball and still be as effective and scoring points. And that's what Alabama has been doing the last two weeks. So if Auburn loses to Alabama, it's not the end of the world. I know I can't, I know, I'm not, <laughs> I know I, you don't want to hear that, but Alabama's favored for a reason. They're favored by three and a half points. In fact, it opened at three points, the line for Alabama, then it went to three and a half because money started moving. And now it's up to four points in Alabama's favor, uh, according to some sports books um, in Las Vegas. So, sure, the optics, I guess, at least from an Auburn perspective, wouldn't look good. But the whole thing is, is that a lot of people going are going into this game expecting Alabama to win to, and be part of the playoff discussion at the end. Um, because that's, at least that's what I've gathered nationally. Um if Auburn beats Alabama, I think I don't think it necessarily takes any of the glitz and glamour away from it because Alabama is still Alabama number one as a rival. Two, they're still pretty good with Mac Jones at quarterback. So I wouldn't be, you know, I understand you don't want to be eight and four and all that, but as I've said, and I answered on this show last week, I just don't see how you get rid of Gus Malzahn, even with a loss to Alabama. I just don't. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, because I see you guys have more questions about that here later. Um, when we talked to Alan Green um, Friday at the Board of Trustees meeting about that stuff, and you know, he didn't really say much, except for he loves the coaching staff, you know. Um, but... I just don't see how anything happens there. There's a lot of talk from power broker people, you want to call them that, and money people, but I want to tell you, unless you get everybody on board with that, you can yell all you want. You're not going to get what you want, even if you have a lot of money. And with that said, we're going to continue the Q&A session here after these commercial messages. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Ryan Percy asks, how slanted will the officiating be in this game? Oh, Ryan, don't start this. I saw some players tweeting about this too, about how they're, they didn't say this specifically, but they were hinting that some like they're getting screwed by officials. And I see fans, Auburn fans doing this a lot this year. Don't do that. This losers whine about officiating. They just do. And you know what? No one hears that except for yourselves. And then the fans who want to make fun of you from other fan bases. It's never a story, the officiating, unless it's a huge play that truly affects the end of a game, like the Saints playoff game last year. Then it becomes a story. But even then, it dies down quickly. Like, that was an entire off-season storyline in New Orleans. If you look at their newspapers down there, it was just an entire, I mean, the entire off-season. But everybody else moved on. So this whole idea, I mean, listen, I'm not going to change your mind with just me saying this, but to say there is, they're out to get Auburn or they're, they're going to help Alabama, I, I think it's, bring me proof. I don't believe that at all. Um, doesn't mean the officiating's not bad. I'm just saying I don't think they're going out there going, all right, guys, we got to help Alabama here. Uh, Carson Haygood asks, less of a question, more of a statement. Okay, let me buckle up here, buckle in. Here we go. <clears throat> if we beat Alabama, win a bowl game, finish with 10 wins, and go into next season with a better schedule, Joe Burrow, Jake Fromm, Tua, all gone, no Florida or Oregon on the schedule, you got to think fan, the fan base will settle down with Gus, just a smidge, right? Uh, Carson, No. They probably won't because <laughs> here's what's going to happen. They're going to look at the schedule and they're going to see Bo Nix as an older guy. They're going to see a brand new offensive line that everybody's going to want to assume is better than this past season. And they're going to go, all right, contend for an SEC championship. Problem is Auburn loses a lot of pieces on defense. Offense should be better, but the defense is, I don't see how, I mean, listen, Unless it's like one of those situations where like a lot like a lot of people thought that the defense in the eighty nine would take a step back and it didn't really. Um I mean heck, look at the defense in two thousand two thousand seven. It was pretty good uh for Auburn. But maybe that happens. Um but I don't think it'll settle down. No nothing ends for a coach going if they when they get beyond year five and you're at a top fifteen program, unless you have won a national championship, you're going to feel the heat. If you're at a top 15 program and you haven't won a national championship by year five, you're going to feel heat, which means pretty much every coach at a top 15 program beyond year five feels heat. And Gus Malzahn will be entering year eight and hasn't won a national championship. He's been to one. 
And he's been to two SEC championship games and won one. But it's been a long time since they won an SEC title, 2013, six years ago. I can't believe I'm saying that myself. It's been six years since they won national or an SEC title, excuse me, and and nine years since they won a national title. Not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, goodness gracious. Auburn's last recognized, recognized national title, recognized is 1957 and then 2010. You know, listen, everybody wants to keep pushing that ball over the mountain and then push it over the mountain and you're just, you know, rolling downhill the rest of the way and just plowing through people. But that is so much more difficult than you guys think. So anyway, I still think the heat will be on Gus next season because everybody will be expecting more. You always want more once a coach gets past year five. And year eight is, that's, not a lot of coaches make eight years now at top 15 programs. Just look around. Heath Wilson asks, what's the over-under on number of trick plays Gus calls in the Iron Bowl? Uh, I'd I'd set it at two. That's what I'd set it at. Also, you know, I don't know, I don't necessarily look for trick plays anymore. I look for these things that, that, people inside the program and near the programs have started terming cute plays where they're not necessarily trick plays. They're just plays that make you scratch your head when he calls them. Um, sometimes they work tremendously, but a lot, some, a lot of times they blow up in, in his face and against Georgia, I was told, and you guys know this, that he, he was, he prepared about a dozen of these quote unquote cute plays and he ran quite a few of them. He didn't run all of them. And, uh, they did not work for the most part. So we'll see. But I'd set it at two in this game. I get the feeling Gus feels like he's going to be able to move the football <clears throat> against this Alabama defense. But we'll, we'll see. Just running his offense. Uh, Spencer asks, how big of a blow is losing Jamie and Sherwood for the first half relative to what you think Kevin Steele would like to do defensively? Uh, good question, Spencer. Uh, you guys know this. Jamie and Sherwood got booted for targeting. Uh, in the second half against Sanford. So he has to miss the first half of the Iron Bowl. Hurts depth, hurts the rotation. Jamian is going to be a good player uh, for Auburn next season. Um, but it's not as big of as a blow as if they had lost Jeremiah Denson or Daniel Thomas, one of your starters. Um, not so rich homie Mark, I don't know what that means, asks, how many touchdowns is Cord Sandberg going to throw? Uh, 28. <laughs> Pre-medicated asks, if you are the AD or board of trustees and Gus loses this game badly, what do you do? Eventually, the cost of keeping around has to outweigh a buyout situation. All right. Well, I don't think the cost of keeping him around is going to out, outweigh the buyout situation this year. But then I hear, always hear people go, well, that's $6 million, $7 million difference next year. Um, to that, I say this. And Gus is doing a pretty good job here the last week saying this, too. And if he loses to Alabama, be prepared for it. Um, he said this on Tiger Talk Monday about how, yeah, no other normal you know team out there has played a schedule like Auburn. And he joked that he thought 10 – that they at Auburn had played 10 top 15 teams instead of four or five or whatever. Um, so he'll talk a lot about that tough schedule. And it has been tough. It's one of the toughest in Auburn history. Like it or not, that is that is the case. Um, and he's had a freshman quarterback. 
Yes, he's had an amazing defense with Kevin Steele, but he also had a young quarterback. So how do you balance that out? You balance it out and say, if you go 8-4 and four against that schedule, that's not bad. I said that before the season. Um, he beats Alabama. You obviously don't get rid of him. I'll say this. There's still people out there that no matter what happens in this game, want Gus gone. There are people who want him to stay. But there are people out there with a lot of money and think they have a lot of power, and they do have power. It's just they have to get the right people on their side to make change happen at Auburn. Um, that want him gone no matter what. And a loss to Bama would only heighten their voices. I just don't know if they'd be yelling into a forest or if they would actually be yelling it in front of a crowd, if you know what I mean, that would be willing to listen. Um, anything can happen. Anything can happen in college football. Anything can happen in Auburn. We know that uh, when it comes behind-the-scenes stuff. So we'll see. If he if he were to get blown out by Alabama and his offense looks bad in doing so, who knows? But as it stands right now, I don't see how you get rid of him. I just don't see how you do that. And based off people I've talked to, I don't see that happening. Things can change. I'm not going to talk in absolutes. But in my my take is you just can't do it. And my educated guess from talking to a lot of people, guys, and not just Alan Green with that story I wrote Friday, but people around the program, I just don't see it happening. Justin asks, who is this game bigger for? Bo Nix or J.B. Grimes? Okay. Bo for a launching pad and JB to help with recruiting. Weird. Um, maybe Bo. JB Grimes is actually doing a pretty good job of recruiting this year. Have you seen the offensive line haul they've had to bring in? It's like an emergency offensive line recruiting class they've had to build because they're so thin there after these last few years of Herb Hand. I... I'm confused there. I don't know if it helps with JB. If you're talking about JV on Cohen specifically, the offensive tackle, I, I don't see I don't see him coming to Auburn unless something changes. That's my opinion. The guy's wavering a lot. He's talking about visiting this school and that school. And obviously he's very much in love with it seems like with Alabama right now. Um uh, you know, that thing might drag out. But I, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that helps if Auburn beats Alabama. But I, I don't know. But with Bo Nix, yeah, certainly could help. I mean, listen, Bo Nix has been pretty good at home. He's completing like sixty, nearly sixty four percent of his passes. He's yet to throw an interception at home this season. And if he continues that Saturday, Auburn probably could win. Maybe, probably could win. Uh, Laura Mikos, I hope I'm saying your name correctly, uh, asks, do you think DJ Williams or Booby Whitlow will get the most carries, or will it be someone else? They're going to spread the ball around like they have the last couple of weeks. Um, I think DJ Williams, I'll say this, I think if Booby Whitlow's healthy, 100% healthy, he's going to start. But if it's if he's still 90%, 95%, uh, DJ Williams will start. But I think they're going to pretty much split it and then go with a hot hand. Um Five, six guys are going to touch the ball out of the backfield, run the ball in this game. Uh, Jordan Harrison asks, can the defense win the game for Auburn? Yes. And you know what Auburn needs in a game like this that we haven't seen yet? Almost saw it in the season opener against Oregon. 
how about a turnover for a touchdown? I know it's asking a lot because the defense has been fantastic for Auburn, but a turnover for a touchdown would be huge. Mitsubishi Miller asks, Auburn wins, what bowl do, quote, we go to? Auburn loses, what what bowl do we go to? Will Gus be fired if he loses to a two-less Bama team? Okay, I've already a- a- answered the Gus stuff. Um, um, I think Auburn could probably go to the Citrus Bowl. I think Auburn's going to go to the Citrus Bowl if they win. If they lose, they might still go to the Citrus Bowl, but they'll probably, they might fall to like the Outback Bowl. Either way, it looks like they're going to be in Florida. And it looks like they're going to play a Big Ten team. Whether that's Penn State, Wisconsin, um, or Minnesota, maybe. We'll, we'll find out, you know, when they announce. But uh, my, my my guess is that it looks like Citrus Bowl um, right now, or maybe the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Tristan Taylor asks, is it actually a feasible scheme for Auburn to run a true Hurry up, no huddle, two-minute style offense the entire game. I think you could run it more, yeah. I don't think Auburn runs it enough. That's my opinion. Can you do it throughout an entire game? Probably not. I'm, I'm with Gus Malzahn on that. I don't think I don't think you could do it the entire game. But they probably should do it more than they're doing now. Auburn slash Gamecock fan. That's an interesting combination. An Auburn South Carolina fan. Do you think Auburn will play the three one seven defense against Alabama like they did against LSU, or will they play their traditional defense to try to get pressure on Mac Jones? I yeah, I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but I think they're going to play more traditional defense. I, I don't see them doing a lot of exotic stuff. You know, listen, even at LSU, they ran a three one seven for a little bit. LSU adjusted. Um, Alabama's already seen that on film. So maybe you bust something else out for Alabama. I'm sure Kevin Steele's got something planned. Uh, Kyle McDonald. Especially, here's the other thing. I mean, Alabama's not going to spread throw. I just don't think they're going to throw it as much as LSU did or as Alabama did previously with Tua. I just, But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Kyle McDonald asks, any chance we have a new offensive line coach in 2021 that can recruit? Uh, Kyle, I'm. I, I think JB's done a pretty good job recruiting this year. Having said that, I, I think JB could leave. Yeah, I think he. I think he might leave. It's very. I think it's possible. Again, I'm not speaking in absolutes, but from talking to people around the program, I think it's possible he might leave. I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna get fired either. I'm just saying he might leave himself. War Eagle One asks, in your opinion, who is better, Bo Nix or Mac Jones? I can't fairly say one way or the other because I've I've literally only seen Mac Jones like throw three passes. I haven't watched much of Alabama, so I don't know. I'm sorry, I I really don't know. I mean, you could have you could have made up a name just now, and I I would have said the same thing because that's kind of where I am with Mac Jones. I just I haven't had time to be able to watch him or a reason to watch him, um, over these last couple of weeks. So AU Warden is going to cap us here with the final question. If we win the game and player of the game is not Seth Williams or Bo Nix, what surprise player would you think could have a huge game-changing day? Well, this isn't surprise player, but I'd say Derek Brown. I mean, listen, this is such a huge game for Auburn's defense for a lot of reasons. One, it's the Iron Bowl. Two, it's senior day for a lot of these guys. 
It's going to be last time Derek Brown, Daniel Thomas, Marlon Davidson, Jeremiah Denson suit up. Maybe Noah Igbenogany. Um, It's a big day for them. And it's a big day for Derek Brown on the national awards circuit. He's a finalist for six national awards, including three really prestigious ones. New Jersey, the Outland Trophy, and uh, uh, the Bednarik. Am I forgetting it already? Anyway, he's up for everything. <laughs> and uh, he's got some stiff competition, especially for the Outland Trophy. Um, I think he's got to have like a big game to maybe win one or two of those awards. And so he's not a surprise player, but I, if Auburn wins, it's one because Bo Nix played very well. Well, gosh, you know what? I'm like contradicting myself, right? Auburn's got to run the ball well to win this one, two, the defense has to play well. And, the defensive strength is the defensive line. And if Derek Brown gets completely negated in this game and they go outside and get things uh, away from him, uh, Auburn's going to lose. I'll just say that right now. If they find a way to negate Derek Brown, Auburn loses. So you want a quote-unquote surprise player? It's just one you didn't mention. I'd say Derek Brown. If you're looking for a surprise player on offense, I- I'd say DJ Williams at running back in my opinion, because they got to run the ball to be successful. Even though Auburn's throwing it more, and they need to throw it more, they have got to run for 150 yards against Alabama. Just got to. You're not going to be able to throw the ball 50 times and beat Alabama, in my, in my opinion. Because if you're throwing the ball 50 times, it, it's because you're trailing them. So, anyway, that's my opinion. That's going to do it. For this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, a lot of coverage and some really good stuff coming your way from uh, Philip Marshall, Jason Caldwell this week. Mike Murphy, Mark Murphy is up in uh, Brooklyn where the basketball team is these next couple of days where it, by the time you listen to this, it might be over, but they're at the uh, Legends Classic in Brooklyn. Mark Murphy's up there. Uh, I'm here in Auburn. We'll be speaking to Gus Malz on Tuesday. And then, of course, we'll have stories throughout the week. But we have some really good stuff on the way, uh, specifically from from uh, Philip and from Jason this week um, that I think you guys got to check out. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it should be good stuff. I have my story up about the 88 defense and the 2019 defense. You can check that out at auburn.247sports.com. And, of course, we're going to try and record a roundtable podcast later this week, maybe on Wednesday, have it ready for you on Thursday for Thanksgiving morning and then Friday and then Saturday morning as well. Um but I got to get everybody together and see if we can work it out with everybody's uh, travel plans and Thanksgiving and everything. So anyway, thank you guys so much for, for asking questions. I hope you have a great holiday week. I hope you get away from work. You get to rest, relax, let the tryptophan run through your bloodstream with all that turkey and dressing or stuffing, whatever you want to call it. Who cares what you call it? Just enjoy its food. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. I know I'm going to. And uh, anyway... Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a great week. It's Iron Bowl week. It's one of the best weeks in the year because it's football. We love football. All right, guys. See you at auburn.247sports.com, and I'll see you down the road as well. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover.
The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.